Moving Deeply into the Now, Chapter 3. Welcome back to Breakthrough, Waking Up to the Real You. I am your host, Alejandra Vivanco. Thank you for joining me today. Remember to subscribe if you haven't already and to share this podcast. Also, I am posting content on my Instagram at alevivanco29. If you want to follow me there as well, I post almost everyday content, you know, some snippets from the podcast. I also post some thoughts and some quotes and some uh, book quotes and all that good stuff. So let's get started with chapter three, which is kind of, it starts kind of the same as chapter two, talking about, you know, the mind and how we identify with it. And we need to understand, internalize, and know that the mind is a tool that we can use, yet it shouldn't use us. And fortunately, the latter is what happens. So the issue and problem with identifying with the mind is that we cannot break free from it if we try to access uh, a solution through it. So I remember when I, uh, I, I hike with someone who just is interested in kind of getting out of the pattern and breaking the cycle and she's trying to figure out the best way to you know, set herself free because nobody else can. And I remember that I started to talk to this person about, you know, you cannot think about the issues. You cannot think about um, the goal. You cannot think about, just like when I did with my father, you cannot think about being that healed human or um, you cannot picture uh, being free, sorry, from your issues. You just have to trust yourself enough to be present. And this person would freak out because it's like they needed to figure it out. How am I going to get there? Like I need a roadmap. I need to, you know, no, I need to plan out. I need to have uh, some sort of writing where I understand what's happening. But you cannot solve the issue of the mind using your mind because the mind is controlling you. So you have to trust yourself enough, which I think it's the major issue for people who have grown up in environments where we need to be perfect, nothing is ever good enough, you can try but you're not going to get there, or if you get there, there's no reward, and you're constantly working towards being accepted. We cannot fathom the idea of not knowing what the roadmap is because We have grown up in environments where if we didn't know, we couldn't protect ourselves. And so trusting oneself is tough. And this is where ego identification and the mind, they come into play because that's the only way we know how to live. Because our surroundings were dangerous sort of speak so when we talk about ego death it is a very delicate subject for some to internalize or even accept or be open to that conversation because the mind 
that identifies, you know, the ego and the mind are together and they, they, they're, they go hand in hand. They don't want to die. And because they don't want to die, they cannot be present. And they cannot fathom another reality other than the one they have created that is attached to the story that is attached to the past. So in order for the, for the mind or the ego to be alive and perpetuate the same thing over and over again, which is controlling us and, you know, always living in our heads, it needs suffering so it can fuel it. And suffering is created by not accepting what's happening and inner resistance and attachment to what should be or could have been and the anxiety of the future or the, you know, dwelling of the past. So when somebody says, I don't know how I can be there, you know, I don't know how to be a healed person, that shouldn't even be a topic of the conversation. It's about this moment. And it's very tough. And I understand how tough that is for people to internalize that message. Because now that I'm reading the power of now again, I completely get it. A hundred percent, I get it. Like there's no question. There's no uh, sense of discomfort. I'm, not, I'm like, yeah, this makes sense. I'm in agreement with, I am aligned with the message. But in the beginning, I would think about it constantly. Like, wait a minute, is it this, is it that? Because my mind was trying to understand and grasp certain concepts and ideas, which I think Eckhart Tolle does a great job um, when he poses the questions that, you know, people have asked him before. And it's all about the mind trying to grasp the concept of ego death. The mind trying to grasp the concept of not being attached to the self. So when I was hiking with this person, I remember there's like different routes. And so this person asked, you know, where should we go? Let's just go. Let's just keep going. Let's see where it takes us. And when we got to a field, I remember I turned to this person and said, did you ever imagine, because it was a beautiful field, could you have imagined in the beginning of the hiking that we were going to end here? We would stop here. We would discover this place. And this person said no. So I said, that's the same thing about you thinking about being a healed human. How can you think about the outside, how you should look or be or feel if you have never even got close to that. It's like me saying, hey, imagine a color that doesn't exist. How can you do that? So we try to stay in the mind because that's the game. But what Eckhart Tolle, the power of now, is asking of you is to just trust and be present in this moment. And that's something that keeps on coming up every single chapter thus far. That's why I keep on repeating that. And it's because I think that repeating it will help you understand. There's no hacking the system. There's no 
complicated route we need to take. It's just this moment is all, is all there is. There is no other moment. It doesn't exist. You can think about the memories. They don't exist, though. What exists is this moment where you're sitting down, standing up, laying down. That's it. Everything else is playing over in your head. So when he talks about suffering, he says that suffering needs time because suffering cannot survive in the now. And that's what I say. That's what I'm talking about when it, it comes to dwelling on issues. I can think about the time where I, when I got cheated on, but that doesn't exist anymore. The person that cheated on me, it's not, he's not with me anymore. I'm not in that relationship. We don't talk ever. The only thing that is alive is the pain. And I attach to, the, to that pain the thought of what happened, the situation. So I go back in time. And I've talked about this before, whether you want to fix it, make it different, or, you know, say what you couldn't say at the time. That's what creates the, the, the suffering. That's what perpetuates pain. And Eckhart says, through self-observation, only through self-observation, more presence comes into our lives automatically. So if you react to a situation, let's say, there needs to be that observer that looks at you. So you're looking at yourself reacting so you can pull yourself out of that reaction. And that has happened to me. I react to something. Let's say I'm, let's say I'm cleaning my kitchen and then something falls because I knocked it with my elbow. M one of my first instincts at times is to get angry and maybe curse or yell because that's what my mom used to do. So I learned that from her and I learned that from my dad as well. And then in that moment, I stop myself. There's another side of me that stops and just says, are we going to make this more complicated than it should be? Just clean it up. Why are we adding that extra sauce? So it's not about it falling. It's about something else. And these are patterns that we perpetuate, that we carry on because we learn that's how we should react instead of just dealing with that now, dealing with that situation. Hey, it fell and there's, you know, you spilled some water or tea or coffee, just clean it up. It's not about my opinion about it. It's about just attacking the issue at hand cleaning it and moving on. See how we make it more complicated? So Eckhart talks about clock time, the difference between clock time and psychological time. So clock time is practical things. You know, you have a schedule, there is a calendar, you can use the past in a way that, you know, you use the past to learn more about yourself it's very practical. Psychological time implies that there is identification with the past or future. So you project your hopes into the future or your anxiety into the future 
or you keep thinking about the past, like let's say you didn't forgive people and you identify with the anger that you feel and you identify with your past mistakes and they keep replaying over your head over and over again. They replay on your head and then it becomes an accumulation of psychological time that ends up being that burden that we all carry. Like I talk, I talked about this before um, last week, you know, that pebble, we put it in, in the bag and then we carry a lot of those. So clock time is about setting goals, right? So we cannot confuse let's say, alignment, spirituality, consciousness with being a hippie-dippie or just dismiss it as that. It's about focusing on this moment and let's say you want to set a goal. So you say, hey, I want to be an engineer. Great. You let that go and you focus on this moment. Remember, the future is an accumulation of the now. So every single moment is taking you where you are going to end up, where you need to be. So instead of obsessing over, I have to be number one, I have to be the most popular, I have to be famous, I have to be wealthy, you don't, you don't worry about that. There's because your identification is not in what's going to happen. You're not using the present moment as a means to an end. You are focused on this moment 100%. So the problem is that we use this moment to get to the next step. We don't focus on college. We just want to get to the job. We don't enjoy high school. We just want to get to college. Every single time... We have like a, a good amount of time, like let's say five years of college or uh, when you go to school or when you are in a relationship, you want to get to that altar. You don't want to be in the relationship. Some people marry because they want a wedding, not because they want to get married and, you know, be in a marriage. So we're using this for something else. That means that we're not present. We're projecting. So your life becomes a means to an end. We think that the joy is found and happiness is found over there. It doesn't exist right now. The gag is that joy is found on the journey. When you arrive, you don't know, do you even know that you have arrived? People that want to be famous, they want to be more famous when they're famous. People that are, you know, comfortable with money, they want to be wealthy. People that are wealthy, they want to be famous and wealthy. So the truth of the matter is that the ultimate destination is death, period. Everything else from the beginning of time, of your time here, so when you're born until death, that's on you. Because once you get to the goal, okay, now what? If you're working towards something and you only attach your whole life and identity 
to that goal, you're never going to be present. And even if you get to that goal, you're never going to be present because you were starting from unhappiness. And Eckhart says that the past perpetuates itself through lack of presence. So your future may look different, but it will feel the same unless you become fully present in this moment. Does that make sense? It's about healing. I left my country thinking that I am going to get to another country. Everything is going to look different. Clean slate. False. Because I was carrying the same issues, the same burden, that psychological time was sticking on me, in me. And so I was dealing with the past by being somewhere else. The setting was different. Everything felt the same. For a brief moment, it felt hopeful. And then I, I fell back into my old ways, into the old self. Because I didn't know how to be other than what, what the, the, my story was. I had attached my identity to my past. So I couldn't be anything else. It looked better outside, but it felt the same. So you have to ask yourself, who are you without the past and its problems defining you? So if you're still shifting the blame and you're holding on to the people who hurt you in the past, then that's your identity. If you keep on complaining about people who are dead, if you keep complaining about things that happened to you way, way back, and you have not found a way to solve the issue in yourself, because the issue is gone, the problem already happened, it exists only in your mind, that means that you're attached to your past. And you identify with it. That's why sometimes when people are called out on their bullshit, they don't know how to react and they fall back into, oh no, because he did this and she did that. Well, this happened to me. Yeah, it happened. Now what? What are we going to do about it? How do we move forward? We Some of us don't want to move forward because that's our story. We feel comfortable in that story. We know it very well. Yes, it it, it is painful it causes suffering but we know how to navigate those waters we don't want to go to the unknown what i'm not a victim anymore fuck you i want to be a victim unconsciously so eckhart says something that is very powerful to the person that's asking right this moment do you have a problem N do not think about what happened 10 minutes ago, what's, what's gonna, probably going to happen an hour from now, you know, uh, somewhere else. Don't think about scenarios. Like this moment, you listening to myself, to me. You listening to me. Do you have a problem? So we think about problems. We get attached to the problems. That's how we create suffering anxiety, obviously. Remember how I, I, I've said before, if you have a problem and it has a, a solution, why worry? If you have a problem and it doesn't have a solution, why worry? Because we need to have a sense of control. We identify with the problem. And even Eckhart goes 
a step further, and he says that the issue with labeling things, you know, things that happen as problems, and instead of them just being situations in, in life, is that labeling them makes them harder to deal with because there is a heavy burden from the past that we put on that issue. So we have to deal with life situations all the time. Us labeling something as a problem makes it even harder because we don't know what the implicit information is, what, what's happening in that, just, just saying the word problem, what it means to us individually. It's kind of like the word God. It may me mean something to me. It may mean something to somebody else. And in that situation, we're just adding some extra stuff to a simple word. And there's a lot of history. There is a lot of past experiences. So we bring on what happened in the past and our conditioning to the present every time we label something. That's what Eckhart says. And that informs our actions. So instead of us looking at a situation and acting accordingly and being present, we, it, it unlocks a lot of things that happened in the past and that brings everything to the forefront. And then we have to deal not only with the issue, but also what happened many years ago. And sometimes we, we stay on, you know, freeze. We're, we're frozen. We don't know what to do because we're not dealing only with the issue at hand. We're dealing with a, a bunch of things in the past. So sometimes people just dismiss, deny and run away from stuff because it's too much. So once we take that burden out of the equation, life situations become less heavy. And we trust ourselves enough to act accordingly and to think clearly and to stay present. Remember, the mind is a tool. So by the end of the episode, again, I urge you to get the book and, you know, read it, spend time with it. But I want to share this quote that says, everything is honored, but nothing matters. Forms are born and die, yet you are aware of the eternal underneath the forms. So by the end of this chapter, which is moving deeply into the now, he talks about how the now is all there is, right? When we accept that and we be become aligned with us being whole, because we, we don't need to look outside for anything. We are perfect just as we are. And I try to use perfect very, very lightly. Not doesn't mean that the idea of what beauty standards say that some are perfect or not. It's just about you being whole right now. From that core belief, from that realization that I am whole, I am enough, I am worthy, I matter, I am valuable. Not because you're just saying so, but because you really believe that you connect with the wholeness of consciousness. You can set goals for yourself. You can honor having a career, setting a goal to work, let's say at, I don't know, JP Morgan, 
and uh, buying a house when you are 40 and getting a car, uh, your, you know, a very expensive car when you're 50 and you have a set of ideas that you set out for yourself. You have a roadmap. You, you have that map ready in front of you. And you are aware of how valuable you are without them, right? So I can pursue a career. I can achieve my goals. I can fail and I can succeed. And that won't define me because deep down I know, you know, that we are worthy regardless of the outcome. So we break out of the pattern of seeking external validation because we know we are enough. You get what I'm saying? Let me read it again. So everything is honored, but nothing matters. Forms are born and die, yet you are aware of the eternal underneath the forms. So you come into the world, you play the game. Whatever happens, whatever the outcome, you're always present and know you're whole. Your career didn't work out. It doesn't matter because you still matter, regardless of the career. Then you can do something else. There is a freedom that comes with self-acceptance. We are no longer attaching our identity and value and being to things that change constantly. Nothing outside of ourselves can make us happy, nor they should, because everything is constantly changing. Tomorrow, somebody can die. A career is over. You're fired. You no longer have your house. You lose your car. That is life. That's nature. That's how it works. There's cycles. You can feel bad, but your whole identity, your whole being stays intact. There is an acceptance and inner peace, knowing that we still have to keep on going. You give yourself time to mourn, to grieve, but there's peace underneath it all. So you honor everything. And that's why I say nothing is forever. Nothing is forever. Absolutely. Does it mean that you have to live your life in fear? No. Because then you're not present. You're afraid all, all the time that you will lose people, you will lose things. So your identity is found in these relationships with things and people. Nothing is forever. Doesn't matter how you want to cut it and slice it. Nothing is forever, whether because the, the relationships end or because the relationships end because somebody dies. So the present moment needs our full attention so that we can enjoy everything. We can uh, get in touch with everything. See, hear, feel everything without thinking about it. 
A New Earth, the, the, the first book I did, he says, life is and what we are living is the perception of it, our opinions about it. So once we become fully present, then if something ends, we, it, it doesn't have a heavy aspect to it. It doesn't feel like a burden we have to carry because we gave it our 100%. And now we move on. We honor it. And we understand at the same time that everything is, will be born and will die. And at the end, what matters is that we are 100% present in this moment. And it doesn't matter what others think, what career you should have, or what relationship you should keep, or how you should live your life. It doesn't matter anymore. It, it just dies. That, that, that whole idea that we need to do what everybody else tells us dies. And there's a f sense of freedom that comes with it. Because I matter, period. And everything else starts to fall into place. And we no longer act from fear or a need for validation we don't overwork ourselves. We don't perpetuate this burnout culture. We don't, you know, look for clout, do it for the gram. We just are, and that's enough. All right, so that's it. That's chapter three, moving deeply into the now. We are doing The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. And if you like the book, if you're interested in the book, if you're interested in the, his other book, A New Earth, if you're interested in The Choice by Dr. Eager, if you're interested in The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson, I've done chapters on those books before. That's the line I'm following. I am reading the chapter and immediately coming to record it. I don't want to just offer you quotes I also want to offer you a perspective. And then you get to choose what you do with the information. You can keep it. You can toss it. It's up to you. Just be open and see what happens. Remember to subscribe. Every Monday there is a new episode. I have nine seasons I've done. Um starting like very, very beginnings. There is a different vibe, but same message, a different vibe, vibe in the podcast. You know, I start with my story, my healing journey, my thoughts and things. There's patterns that I, um, I know that I repeat. There, there are triggers that are still affecting me but I take that as a way for, for me to heal, to become aware, to just cry it out, to let it go so I can move on. And I hope that my story, my life serves you as a way to uplift you, assist you, 
when you listen to it, maybe you can relate to some extent so that you know that you're not alone. You don't have to feel, if you are surrounded by people that are not on this journey, that's fine. But you have to know that there are people that are interested in talking about these issues. Trying to figure out the best route. Because once you know there is an alternative, life becomes more colorful, less heavy, more interesting, free, as it should be, I think. I may be wrong. And so doing these books just helped me send you the message in a different way. Because sometimes we, we don't want to hear it from one person, but we're willing to hear it from somebody else because the way they say it resonates better than the way this person said it. Valid. Completely valid. So remember to share, subscribe, all the good stuff, and I'll see you next Monday. And with that, I say till next time. Bye.